y'all. Welcome to the Where's My Blueprint podcast, where we talk all things adulting as we build our blueprints on this adulting-ish journey. I'm your host, Nakai, and I'm thankful you are here. Ladies, Sunny D here. Remember, every day is a day for greatness, especially if there's food and naps. Hey, y'all. It's your favorite play, Cousin Nay. What's happening? Remember to always lead with love and light and laughter. I love it. And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into this episode. And so, again, welcome back to another episode of Where's My Blueprint podcast. All right, guys. So this week's quote is, you deserve to be in an environment that allows you to be soft, not live in survival mode. And that is by unknown. What say ye? I don't think people in general, especially Black women, realize how much in survival mode we are day to day. It's so, it's like the default that we're in and to take a break. I think that's why people have so many challenges with the whole soft life concept because it is so foreign and it makes no sense to a lot of people because we we don't realize how like tense we are day to day. You trying to take care of everybody and a mama and then somehow leave space and room to take care of ourselves. And there literally is just not enough hours in the day. And there's not enough days in the week and there's not enough weeks in the year. So I think it's I really like this quote because it is a reminder that being in survival mode is not like the default and it shouldn't be because that shit will kill us if we don't turn some stuff around immediately. I totally agree with what you said, especially because like how you said, so many of us don't even realize that we are in survival mode. And I think about that if I'm going to go deep a little, like even just generational, like it's embedded in our DNA that we have, quote unquote, this survival gene, right? Because of slavery, because of we're having this mindset that, A, you know, it could be. So, yes. So even when we go back to slavery and we think about how how our families were ripped apart, right? Our ancestors were ripped apart, how they had to, quote unquote, and they said this in a previous episode of dumb down the men or make the men look smaller so they won't get sold, right? So it really is this survival gene. And especially for us as Black women to really be like, well, what is a soft life? Because if we really look at our history, it's the Black woman who has held down the household. It's the Black woman who has held up the children. It's the Black woman who raised the children. It's the Black woman who's actually raising the white man's children. You know what I mean? It's always the Black woman who's basically holding literally the world on her shoulders. And so to say having a soft life, that's a great question to me. And I like this quote because being in survival mode, as you said, has long-term effects. And that is like literally, it's it's killing us. Survival mode is killing us. <laughs> and so, yes, I we all really, it's in our birthright to have a soft life. It really is. It's supposed to be our life anyway because we're kings and queens. Huh. Yeah, I love that. And to piggyback on what you're saying, it makes me think of how the fortitude and the internal constitution of a Black woman is so strong that even with such weight and stress and obligations on our shoulders, we're still not the category of population that has the like shortest lifespan (laughs) that with all of that we still find a way to maybe not thrive but survive and keep surviving day in and day out and helping others thrive in spite of ourselves and sometimes to the detriment of ourselves you know that's amazing to me 
but good combo, ladies. I am so interested and looking forward to this conversation on the soft life. But before we get to that, I have a little bit more I need to tell y'all about. So guys, you know, we come up with all of the content, but this is y'all's podcast too. At to some extent. So please, if you have any other topics that you want us to delve more into, any topics you want to hear our takes on, because you know we keep it popping hot out for here, email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or hit up that little drop box on our website at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Once again, you can email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or drop us a little comment, a little note, a little suggestion at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Okay, so audience, fellow ladies, if you don't know, where have you been? You must have skipped too far when you skipped over the intro of the episode because I know y'all be doing it. We're three years in. Know y'all be doing it. But anyway, we are talking about the soft life this episode. According to The Lady Loves Living, to live a quote-unquote soft life is to curate a lifestyle of relaxation, tranquility, and comfort. A soft life, well, a life with very little stress or challenges. It is a life of ease and comfort, devoid of any hard work, sacrifice, or anything unpleasant. And the term was popularized within Nigerian influencer circles. What does soft life mean to you? So this is new-ish to me. I feel like the soft life conversation kind of gained traction last year in 2023. And therefore, because social media and algorithms and technology obviously that's come across our timeline a, you know, a time or two. Initially, when I heard it, I was thinking not necessarily lazy, but just really laid back and effortless. And the more I've heard it, the more I've taken my own personal time to think about it, the more that I realize it is, at least for me, it is being intentional about taking my time for myself. It's, it's adjacent to self-care. It's adjacent to self-love, but not entirely the same thing because I still enjoy work. I still enjoy the work that I do and I want to be able to continue to do that until I change my mind, essentially. But having a soft life is me being able to freely make those decisions and make those changes, whether I want to be 10 toes down in a new business or whether I want to enjoy every single day of my PTO all at the same time, or whether I want to nap the entire weekend or completely rearrange my kitchen. Like just having that freedom to make those choices and not stress about being productive or shaking that hustle mentality that I think is kind of defaulted into a lot of us. For me, it's really evolved into just being comfortable in my choices, whatever those choices may be. And I feel like that at least for me, has allowed me the freedom and the permission to soften and to relax and to do things that bring me joy and that bring me peace and tranquility in myself and in my home. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and that's such a great question, eh? Because I think of like, for me, the soft life is equal to peace. And I mean, peace on so many levels to the point where I equate soft life of having not just peace in my home, but peace in my car when I'm driving, peace where I'm I'm not cussing and flicking people off, right? Peace in, um, because we drive, listen, the people who are coming to Texas, y'all do not know how to drive by our rules and it is frustrating. Peace in my home, peace at my job, peace with my friendships, peace within my family. And I say that because what we don't realize is that, and I won't say we, 
some don't realize is when you don't have peace to be who you are and navigate your own space the way you need to have it, or if you're a creative and have it have that creative outlet and creative space, you are now functioning, again, going back to the quote, in survival mode. You are now functioning in a stressful situation where now, for me, I can say it heightens my anxiety. Like now I'm like, oh, now I got to make all these decisions. Now I got to do this. Now I got to do this. It's always a to-do list. I am tired of the fucking to-do list. Let the to-do list go. Like I want somebody else to do my to-do list. I want an assistant. I want you to do all that stuff that I don't want to do. But also when you say, what does it mean to be, to have a soft life? I'm I kind of question this soft. Like, how do we as Black women define the word soft and for us? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes tons of sense, which is why, although I'll give my definition of what softness means to me, but in listening to you and Sadie Dean's definition of what soft life means to you all, it's relative. Like, a softness, a soft life to me could look different to a soft life to you. Like, my soft life could actually look like a hard life to somebody else. So I think it's all dependent on what it is we want because to me, my soft life looks like, and I think this is a combination of some of what both of y'all said, the ability to choose, to choose what I want to do, to choose who I want in my space, to choose if I want to hustle today, to choose if I want to just be free and let the day take me where the Lord wants it to take me without the expectations, the obligations and everything else of everyone. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with those expectations and obligations because I feel like I chose to put myself into certain situations and I chose to wear certain hats where obligation and expectation is built into that. But it's me giving the choice to choose and not being forced to accept what other people have thrown my way. I think that's the soft life to me. And Nakai, I just want you to explain what does peace mean? to you because you use that word a lot and I think that's another term that is relative to everyone <laughs> and we all can have different definitions of peace so what does peace mean to you you know I'm trying not to get in my poetry mode you know but <laughs> you're the fourth person to ask me that this week and <laughs> and I'm gonna give you the same answer I gave the second person who asked me and I told them I just know it when I know it you know um it's something that I, I'm trying to articulate and maybe I just don't have the words right now. Um, but if I am looking for them, I would say for me, peace is and looks like joy. It looks like laughter. It looks like those belly laughs. It looks like coming home to either my partner when he comes, you know, mm -hmm, or coming home to a house that's just quiet. And sometimes I think for me, peace is just quietness. Like it's stillness. It's where I don't have to do a lot to actually hear. Does that make sense? That makes tons of sense because it sounds like in addition to the quietness that you explicitly stated, peace to you looks like freedom. <laughs> and I think for so many of us, peace in the soft life, that, that's what it is. It's the freedom <laughs> that it allows. But I think also what people fail to realize, and Sunny D, you touched on this, the soft life isn't necessarily to be lazy. I think a lot of people think that it's laziness. It's the not doing doing nothing. But in listening to our definitions of soft life, and I bet if you polled 50 million other women and Black women specifically about what soft life means to them, 
we all included some aspect of the hustle, the work, the, you know, the doing and the action. So do y'all think that is true of what other people think of a soft life? Or are we unicorns and anomalies? Which I'm totally okay with if we are, because we're awesome. But do you feel like society and internet culture has gotten it wrong when they think the soft life is just being lazy and not wanting to do anything and putting everything on everybody else? Or do you think most women just want, like we're saying, the freedom, the opportunity to choose without having so much stress put upon us? I think it's C, all of the above. And I feel like what we, within the conversation of soft life that you've seen on social media since it kind of gained traction online is very luxurious. It's very trophy wife. It's very housewife and just traveling and lounging in big flowy dresses in Santorini. Like, and that's fine. And I absolutely think that for some people that said it's very much what that reality is. But I also think there is a lot of us and I think it holds a lot of space for being able to choose what hustle we want to partake in as opposed to being forced in a sense to hustle with jobs that we don't like and with kids that are at that age that you don't like them hoes, but you love them. And that's stressful, right? And hustling to keep your relationship and your marriage sane and together, let's be real, and still hustle to even do things that you personally enjoy. You know what I mean? I think that I think that at the core of, of soft life, and I feel like we've all, we're all saying the same thing in very different ways from very different perspectives, is the freedom to choose how how I want to be soft. Because if I'm doing something within my purpose, whether that's creativity, I'm purposefully being creative in something that's something that is is a gift that is given to me and I get to fulfill it, that's soft to me. That that that's default. That's in my DNA. I don't really have to do too much extra to fulfill that part of myself. Or if I am nurturing a beautiful child and that's very much part of my DNA and and part of my purpose in life, being able to choose and having the freedom to choose that without, maybe not even without financial stress, but in spite of financial stresses and being intentional about the energy that you're surrounding and the energy that you yourself are giving off in your environment. So does it include hustle? I think for some people, but I think that then the question lends itself to what actually is a hustle and what actually is a purpose-driven journey. Because some people be hustling and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. But will I stay up all night building this castle in the Sims? Absolutely. And I will spend 12 hours doing it? Absolutely. Because that doesn't feel like a hustle to me. That may be a hustle to other people, but that's different for me. And I feel like it is different for everybody, but also do the same. You make some really good points. And one thing I wanted to look back on was, I think Nay said it's the stress that's put up on us. And I really want to go into that a little bit more of like, stress is equal to like the unexpected expectations, the uncommunicated expectations, the responsibilities, the taking care of every single thing in a household, the taking care of the family. And then also we talked about this in another episode of the glass ceiling, even at work. You come in as a black woman to get everything in line, but you come into a shit show and now you're coming in and now you're making everything great and running effectively to then get replaced by a white man. So it's like these microaggressions, but also the uncommunicated expectations and responsibilities and things that are put up on quote unquote us as black women. And to answer the question of like soft life versus um, what we, our definition versus what, versus what social media will show us or tell us. I agree with Sunny D. Social media will tell you soft life is someone taking care of you and you sit down all 
all day. You have lattes, you go to coffee shops, so you just shop, shop, shop into your heart, to your board, which could be someone's soft life, right? That could be how they were raised. Because if you think of someone who's wealth and generational wealth, their work looks different. They don't have to actually start from the bottom line actually know what grit is to be able to get where they are because everything was basically laid out. They had a blueprint. They had someone hand them a whole entire company versus if you look at some other amazing, beautiful black billionaires, they built that shit from the, by themselves. So they built that for their families to be able to do what they needed to do to give their families and create legacy. But I also agree that, yes, it also defines how you define hustle because if we being real, hustle could be the video vixen of like, hey, I am, this is my hustle. I'm using my body to get what I need, to get what I want. And my hustle is I'm hustling these niggas out this money. And it could be white men too, you know, eh. but <laughs> I'm hustling these men out their money to pay for the lifestyle I want. Or your hustle could be, hey, I'm up to three or four o'clock in the morning. We can use our hustle. Hell, doing these podcast uh, episodes, editing, doing content. Um, your hustle could be, I work a nine to five. And I don't know if y'all work a nine if y'all start clocking in at nine o'clock, please let me know because I need that job because I'm supposed to be at work at eight o'clock. So I'm going to say eight to five. <laughs> so I work at eight to five and that's my quote unquote investor hustle. But then I'm hustling on the outside of doing like what we can do gig econ- economy like. Are you doing Instacart? Are you doing DoorDash? Are you doing stuff to get yourself to where you need to be? But all of that is still hustling. It just depends on how do you define hustling? And I feel like for us as Black women, our hustle is us waking up every fucking day of having to go out into this world that doesn't care for us, doesn't like us. But we come and we show up. We're beautiful beings. Like we come and we show the soft side. We show the smile when we don't want to smile. We show coming up. And this is for just being a woman coming up and when you wake up and you are on your period and blood is gushing out of you and you don't want to do anything but lay down, but you come to work and you're soft. You come to work and you are doing what you need to do. You show up for your kids. You show up for your partner. You show up for your friends. You show up for your family. But all the time, your body is like, bitch, I'm about to gut punch kick you with this cramp and you ain't even expecting it. But here we go. So that was my tangent or rampage. Yeah, because this example that y'all give of this video, Vixen, and even some these Instagram girlies with the hair done, the nails done, da, 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 da. that ain't soft to me. That look like work. That look like they in the gym all the time. They look like they, they I don't care how they getting it, but they got the money to buy these bundles because bundles are not cheap and the install is not cheap. So somehow you getting somebody to finance it and you can't tell me that ain't work, be it on your bag, be it spitting at some nice game and talking somebody out of some, all oh, that seemed like work. And then you got these cute clothes. Anybody who has ever shop shop know that shopping is a sport. Like you develop an appetite, you do, you burn calories. Like all of that is work. So you just see the carefully curated, which is also work, Instagram picture of her frolicking on the beach with the hair blowing in the wind. But there is a lot of work (laughs) that had to, you know, be made to accomplish that. And if that's what softness is, I want no part. I want the softness in the body with the moon moon laying on the couch, eating ice cream, watching TV or reading a book. That's the softness I want. So I I don't, I, I don't want that. But do y'all think since this whole soft life term, the term is newer, but the premise might not be new. I feel like the premise is very much our generation. Do y'all feel like it is? 
is because for one, we're tired (laughs) and it's a rejection of that attitude from generations past. Like, oh, it's a given that you work the nine to five, that you raise the kids, that you make sure your house is immaculate, that you take care of the home, that you make sure your husband is or your partner or whoever you are in community and partnership with is satisfied. Do you think that it was our generation being like, hold up, wait a minute. (laughs) why are all these responsibilities put solely on me? Let's erase some of that. I don't want none of that. Y'all keep praising this hardness and everything else like it's the expectation. Mm -mm, I want less than. Do y'all feel like that's where softness came from? Or did we just put a name to something that we all for generations have felt? I don't think it's new. I think the name is new. Like you said, I think we've named what this feeling is, but especially millennials, where we are in our age bracket, right now realizing and have realized over the last few years that that American dream is not like a thing anymore like that that whatever that formula was 30 years ago 40 years ago that formula no longer works and we keep working a formula that isn't working and we're not getting anywhere and we're not accomplishing equivalencies that our parents had at our age when the economy was different when the world was completely different and we're getting to the point now where it's like why are we on this hamster wheel for what we're literally not going anywhere i very much think we are tired And I think that we have named it something, or at least one of the names, one of the many names. But I definitely think it is a realization of working so hard against literally everything. A system that doesn't support us, a country that doesn't give a shit about us, even though we've literally built it, and a society that expects us to fix everything because we always have. Mind you, I ain't fixed a thing in my life except maybe a fingernail or two, and I'm tired. And it's not fair. And we are I think at a point where we're taking it back. And if this is how we have to take it back, literally have to step back and be like, I'm not doing, I'm not going above and beyond for what? Because you're just going to replace me with the owner's grandson. Anyway, you're going to get what you paid me for, or I'm going to go somewhere else where I'm more valuable, or I'm going to do something that is more valuable to myself, my spirit and my soul. I'm going to pour into my husband or pour into my kids or pour back into myself. And y'all will get what the overflow is at this point, because I don't have anything else to give you unless you're willing to donate to the cause okay you set up the gofundme and i'll send you the link because i'm tired you're so funny to me Like you said, I'm hilarious. You are. No, but you've made so many good points. And I also think it's to answer your, your question, Ev, I think we're our generation is speaking out against it. Like we're if you see like, I mean, COVID, again, we can loop back to a lot of shit that happened in COVID. But one thing COVID did help a lot of people is mental health. Right. So a lot of people are now going into therapy, understanding the stuff that mama and grandma and great, 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 great grandma used to do. I'm not doing that because it don't work today. And also it's like realizing that a lot, some of that stuff was really toxic. Like it was kind of toxic to think that a man is only supposed to work, not clean, not help, not help with the kids, not help anything, not even be there emotionally or emotionally or hell right now, sexually, because we did an episode where um, you brought up the point Nay, of like, sometimes women are in a relationship for 15 plus years until they actually realize like, uh, hey, I need to be happy too. Like, 
we're in this, there's a huge shift that's going on. And I don't know if y'all realize it, but it's it's happening where people are really waking up to be, to like, I'm not taking this. If it's not for me, I don't want it. And I'm happy for that. Like if you're finding and you're walking in your purpose, I think that's amazing. And I think that's great. And I also feel like at some point we have to stop with this. What is it? Called? What am I trying to say? This unrealistic expectation on us of y'all have to do everything yourself. No. Why did God give me a partner if I have to do it by myself? That don't make sense to me. So that's just the frustrating part of this whole entire thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I You bring up a great point of COVID because I don't want to paint this rose colored picture that COVID was just the best thing since widespread because it wasn't like a lot of people lost their lives. I'm pretty sure the average lifespan in the U.S., if not the world, like decreased, even if it was just by year, just by all of the massive losses of life that were had during that time. And heck, we still in COVID time. So during this time, but I think COVID also allowed us to get somewhere and sit down. lack of better word. And when you get somewhere and sit down, you not only get a reprieve to breathe and to recoup and rejuvenate, but you also get a chance to think and to think, I can do this job remotely. So why have I been going into the office every day? Or I can do this job with less resources or whatever. So why am I expending so much personal resources to do this job? Or even, I don't even like this job. And honestly, if I stay at home, (laughs) it doesn't affect my household or it might be more beneficial to my household because now I can pour into the other people in my house that I couldn't when I was doing things. Like COVID gave, I feel like people of color, a lot of, huh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> moments within themselves. And we like, if I'm going to come back to the bull, I'm coming back with higher demands. I'm coming back with more money. I'm coming back, like you said, using every last bit of this PTO time. Because guess what? If I get fired, I can take that PTO to the new job. <laughs> so what am I accumulating it for? Like it is paid time off. You literally have to pay me still. So I'm not losing income, but it's that being wedded and being brainwashed to think you need this company. You need this job. When you don't, you might need an income. You might need a salary, but you are not, the job is not your family. No matter how many trainings, retreats, and everything else we go on, it's not your family. Your family is at the house that you don't see until the weekend because you working hard for somebody else's family, somebody else's legacy. But I digress. But COVID taught us a whole lot. And now I think we are just like, yeah, I I need to make some more demands. I've earned some more demands. It's my right to make some demands. And if you can't fulfill those demands, what they say about romantic relationships, I know somebody else who can. Well, Nakai covers from the Holy Spirit that she just called. I got a tack on because again, this is in no way diminishing how devastating really the last three years have been to the world. And I was in the midst of working in the funeral industry in the in the midst of COVID. So unfortunately we were busy than a mofo. Okay. And I saw first 
firsthand the devastation families dealt with simultaneously. It definitely was the slap in the face that I think a lot of us didn't know that we needed to realize that at the end of the day, like basics, going back to basics, a lot of this hustle, a lot of this shit don't matter at all. I'm a one good, one good virus can wipe us all out as we have literally witnessed. So for me to be able to still effectively job from the comfort of my house, still tend to children and pet and hell, just finally tackling that laundry that's been sitting up in there forever and a day that we've been picking clothes out of the laundry pile because we have zero energy to actually fold them bitches up and put them away. Being able to take care of those things and still do our work, because let's be real, nobody's effectively working eight hours a day. That was, at least for me, and I feel like I knew this because most of the time at work, you just scrolling through your social media in any fucking way. But for me, it was definitely like, we really don't have to work eight hours every day. Like this, this model that was set up post-World War II, if I'm not mistaken, really doesn't work anymore because I can get all of my effective work done three, four hours tops, having reports done, having my spreadsheets updated, sending out whatever it is that I'm doing or whatever my responsibilities are. It don't take me eight hours a day to take care of all of my tasks. Forced to be somewhere when I had to be in office, I'm forced to be somewhere four hours because I can't do this at home. For what reason? Like it definitely brought to light how ineffective a lot of our systems are. Like just in the country in general, how ineffective education is. All your kids had to learn, had to go to school at home, like, and how broken a lot of aspects of this country are. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We have people that have to go to work. Essential workers are the ones that are taking the most risk and getting paid the least amount of money. Like me switching my job in the midst of COVID, like being able to triple my income and stay at home. And my job is to send marketing emails and you have real people out there saving actual lives and I'm making more than them. That's not right. You have people that are teaching and molding our youth and they have to go out and buy their own supplies because there is zero funding because all of it is used for fucking football. That's not right. COVID brought a lot of stuff to light. And I think a lot of us in general were like, okay, all that extra clearly isn't needed. And now my standards have changed. And now I'm no longer taking anything less than X, Y, Z because it's not necessary for the survival of my household, for me to provide for myself, my kids, my household in general. And it doesn't allow me to have time to recuperate and rejuvenate and refresh myself. So I'm only taking opportunities. I'm only putting in effort and energy into opportunities that allow me to give something back to myself. And if that's not what you're offering, you're talking to the wrong person. Yeah, you make some really good points. And I also think to piggyback on what you said about COVID and the soft life, soft life is that I think one thing that COVID did when um, now you said how everybody was able to work from home and everything like one thing it did it created the soft life or that term by allowing people to be at peace in their home if and I'm saying if because I know the company that Nay and I worked for you know Sunny D you said at that time you worked at a funeral home so everything spiked and went up we worked with um, foster kid that spiked and went up because of domestic violence 
now because you got people in the household and you realize you don't like this person. And the reason why you went to work every day was to be able to come home and deal with this human being. Domestic violence went up. Abuse, it was in some air, some fields, it went up, right? But the beauty of it was it allowed people to really be and see themselves and understand like, oh, I I do really like plants. Plants bring me joy. Let me incorporate that more in my home because now I really am able to like what you said, Naya, sit with myself. I'm able to be at this job working from my house where most of the time, and I, I hope and I pray for this for every single human on earth, is that your house is your peace. Because in a world where it's chaotic and a lot of crap, at least have a home or a place that's your peace, right? And so that's one thing I noticed from COVID, like people were creating and redoing their whole entire places and their homes to bring about more peaceful things of like, I want to say like the coffee makers went up, espresso machines went up, like all these gadgets went up because they're like, oh, well now I have this beautiful morning routine where I do get up and go, I go do yoga. I go and make my espresso with the stuff, stuff and stuff <laughs> to make this fancy coffee. <laughs> and then I come to my desk and I sit and I'm now mentally here to be able to answer these questions, to be able to do what I need to do, to be able to give you the best four hours that you're going to get out of me. Because after lunch, I'm done. Clocked off. My team's is running. But I'm out. And I say that because from going from that transition, personally for me, going from working from home to working in an office, and I'm going to say this to every human being on earth. If we open at eight o'clock, do not be there at eight o'clock. Don't be in my office at eight o'clock when I have to be there at eight o'clock. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to help you. Hell, you lucky if I don't reschedule your damn appointments. And I say that because give people time to set up. If I'm supposed to be there at eight o'clock, hell, I'm, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you're here. Patience, sis, or dude, give me 15 minutes to put my stuff down. I'm walking in with you. I don't know. Don't ask me. But that's just my whole entire See, this is why we all need to work from home. People won't be getting angry. The amount of times no. when I work. No. Uh-uh. 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 No. Wait, hold Nay, on. I gotta go back. They said, if you open at 8, shouldn't workers have to be in at 7.30? No. Listen, because I'm an early bird. If your office open at 8, I'm gonna be there at 7.58 in my car waiting for the doors to hit eight because I ain't trying to be there all day and everybody knows with businesses the longer in the day it goes the more you know it things be running over so I'm getting there as soon as you open sorry not sorry because I'm trying to get out and you can get there as soon as I open but don't ask me questions if your appointment is at 8 30 don't ask me anything from 8 to 8 30 I don't want to hear it and even if I'm walking in at eight o'clock don't you can I will open the door but you sit hush I will say good morning let me sit down let me set my stuff down but also you're in the I deal with I deal with college kids and I'd be like tempted to strangle some of them and their parents. No, you just provided the color. See, you ain't tell us that the appointment went until 830. We just think you frustrated for no reason. You woke up frustrated. Now, if the appointment is 830, you got all the right in the world to be upset when people come in at eight and want to ask you questions. The appointment wasn't at eight. It was at 830. I'm thinking y'all just got to be there when the doors open. And that is bad management of your superiors. Don't have to work there when it opens. That's stupid. Like you said, y'all got to prepare and set up and spend the first 15 minutes getting your coffee and, you know, putting your lunch up and doing all kinds of 
things that don't really matter in the scheme of things, but it makes you happy. Management is a whole different episode, which mm, I'm going to mute. This is why I absolutely do not miss working in office. Why am I getting here? And you are already asking me questions. You can clearly see that I still have my coat on. I still have my purse in my, I might have me a good old Starbucks, which means I haven't even made it to my desk. Shut the fuck up talking to me right now, please. And thank you. And I would purposefully set appointments with clients after 10 o'clock. Yes, I'm here at 8, 30, but you don't know that because I'm not dealing with you this early. I have to give myself together and also complete my daily solitaire challenges. Give me time to get myself ready for the day. Because let's be real, I didn't have time to get myself ready to the day because I had to get dressed quickly, go through traffic, maybe sort of kind of sit through a drive-through to get my coffee if I didn't pre-order it on the app, which is very efficient. And then I have to drive to wherever I'm going, park, sit there for 10 minutes to get myself mentally prepared to walk into said building and deal with whoever it is that I have to see first, just for you to ask me a question. And I ain't put my stuff down yet. Sir, you have two minutes out of my face. This is a real conversation I had with an actual human being. You have two minutes to get out of my face. I just got here. No way. Thank you kindly. We will reconvene at noon, four hours from now, because I don't want to talk to you. I have emails to answer, and most of them are to delete because none of them have anything to do with me, but they were sent to me anyway. I don't have to be here. I can do this from home. Why am I here? See, you then you start having existential life questions. It's not necessary. Well, maybe I'm just rude. Because my day don't start until 15 minutes after I clock in. So if you decide, even if I'm supposed to be here at 7, to talk to me at 7, I'm about to be making my breakfast. I'm about to be pouring my coffee. And yes, I do keep my lunch meat and my croissant in the drawer at the office refrigerator. And I will be making up my breakfast. And I will eat it in front of you. Because who worked? <laughs> Especially if I ain't got no kids. So yeah, maybe I'm just the real one. I ain't telling you don't talk to me. You just about to talk to me as I'm making this sandwich, as I'm eating said sandwich. And if you don't like that, you can politely walk away. But that is the energy you're getting. See, I'm with all of that, but I don't want you to talk to me. And I say that because I don't, I'm not a morning person. And the fact that I know you are, Nay. And the fact that I have to already get out of my warm bed to go into the cold, because right now it's really, really cold. It's like 30 something degrees here, right? I'm fighting the cold just like you. If I'm bundled up with three bags and my ice cup, bruh, the amount of discipline and filtering that God has given me in this job, because it's been so many times I've been wanting to call these people, nigga, get the fuck out of my face. But I just look and I literally, I, I don't know. I know I have my, my looks will tell you what I mean before my words do. And when one of my students came at eight o'clock and was like, hey, Miss Nakai, blah, 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 blah. I just did a slow turn. Like, bitch, who the fuck are you talking to right now? And the look I gave, she was like, I'll come back at nine. I was like, I think that's a great idea. That's an amazing idea. And when she came back at nine, totally different person. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How can I help you? I am still bundled up, meaning my body is still cold. I'm freezing inside. I'm freezing outside. My nose is red. I am cold right now. What do you want? You are fucking up my soft life era right now. That's 
that's what you're doing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be in this soft world and come off as this soft, beautiful lady. But when you come at me at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm walking in at eight o'clock in the morning with you and it's freezing outside. We, you, you're messing up my vibe. You're messing up my energy. And I don't like that. So yes, all in all, I'm tired. I want somebody else to make my decisions for me. And I say that because I don't know if y'all saw this Instagram post. This is so random, but it's this guy. It says, y'all know I do not like colonizers and I probably would never date them. But this silver fox, white man, baby, he could probably, he could be my sugar daddy, sugarless daddy. No, he can get the sugar, sugar daddy. Anyway, he did a post and I'll find it because I think I uh, sent it to, I think I sent it to y'all on Instagram, but he did a post where he was like, stop messing with these boys and get a man. And he was like, a man will be like, hey, I will be at your house at eight o'clock. Wear, wear your little black dress. We're going to this restaurant. Leave your purse at home. Done. And he was like, in the comments, once somebody was like, oh, well, he's just being controlling. He's being controlling. Don't let him control you. And so one of the ladies was like, I don't think that's controlling. I'm tired of making decisions of where we're going to eat. You pick a place. Tell me where we eating. Bring the food home. <laughs> like, I'm tired of making decisions. And I think it's something that goes back to like, being it. <laughs> I just said, well, control me, daddy. <laughs> if that's what control looks like, I'll give it. Control me. All day, every day. Because uh, one person put in a comment and I, I loved her her comment was like, as a woman who makes all the decisions at work and who's in upper leadership, and then I have to come home and make decisions in my household, I get tired of making decisions. And she was like, that's why you have some high high level men that are in like really stressful jobs where they really have to make all these high level decisions. They quote unquote are very submissive at home or they have an alternate lifestyle where they submit and they're in the sub or dom um, work field not field, but world, because <laughs> at times people don't understand when you have to make high level decisions, that's draining. That is so draining and it's tiring. So if you come home to, if you get a text that says, Hey babe, let me get through my voice. <clears throat> hey babe, be ready at eight o'clock. Wear that beautiful black dress that I have laid out for you. Leave that person home and I'll be ready. And I'm going to come and get you. Bruh. Yes. Thanks. Cool. Yes. It don't even need to be high level decisions. If I'm constantly making decisions for you, you decisions for me decisions for them all day long I'm tired my brain hurts y'all men wondering why every time y'all ask women what they want for dinner and we can never give y'all an answer but we veto everything else it's because we got so much in our head that we can't think of what we want but your suggestion we know we don't want when it's brought to us that's why we saying no so instead of getting mad when we can't answer just start naming off stuff and I bet you will eventually get to something that sounds good or it won't. But this is where it comes to knowing your partner. Just bring me some food. I'm going to get hungry eventually. And if I don't get hungry eventually, sweets always work. Or for some of my alkies on the low, bring a bottle of wine, a bottle of liquor. I'm going to either want food or drink. <laughs> But yeah, like nobody wants to make decisions all day long. Come home, make decisions. At one point, once again, do I get to have the soft life of just being able to lay my burdens down, Lord? <laughs> if not at home, where? If not with you, who? Child, you ain't said nothing but a word on this end. Because listen, the way my life is set up right now. So I sent you an IG post about some men and I'm like, you know what? These men are really handsome. And of course, you know, listen, Instagram, and the internet will find anybody, anybody. So there was, a, it was 10 guys that came in and everybody was like, who is number two? Who is number two? Tag number two, find number two. And they were like, everybody go on the search to find
find number two. Tell me why they found this man. Tagged him. And like his whole entire social media blew up. And I'm like, bruh, you are one handsome young man. But like he has like, he made a comment. <laughs> he made a comment on like, um, again, this is where you, if you're a comment person or a lurker like me, you just, you got to go and get the details. Um, but he made a comment and was like, thank y'all so much for, you know, finding me everything. But he was like, um, I don't know what to say. Like I'm overwhelmed with all the responses and all the likes and things like that. Because he was like, it was just a normal day for them. Like they were just highlighting and celebrating them. <laughs> but it was so funny because all you see is like this whole entire replies of like, are you married? Are you in a relationship? Do you have somebody? Are you in a situationship? Do you want a situationship? Like it was like throwing, shooting your shot, right? And one comment that I really liked because it reminded me of the soft life. She was like, I just want to be a piece. Can, can we be each other's piece? And I was like, see? Be different. Go get your man. Girl, I know there was a king that came after that because that is them kind of stuff. I just want to be your peace king. So as y'all heard before, well, while this conversation took many twists and turns and everything else, the soft life is different for everyone. And if you haven't formulated what the soft life is to you, I'm going to put in a blog, this post on adornheart.com and it's how to live, well, steps to living the soft life. So these are just steps. Nobody is saying it's the gospel and it's the only way to live the soft life. But maybe if you want to get more freedom to choose in your life, you can look at these different steps as jumping off points, you know, to maybe try. All right. Well, before we get into our moment of melanation, we are going to have Sunny D tell us about our newsletter. Hey, friends. Can't get enough of Where's My Blueprint podcast? Join our free VIP community for exclusive WMB content, including a brand new newsletter, bonus episodes, and so much more. You can sign up for free by clicking the VIP is a place to be button in our link tree in the bio of our Instagram at Where's My Blueprint Pod. Can't wait to connect with you. And because I know y'all love my good sister's voice, she's also going to give you our moment of melanation. Moment of melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. For our Moments of Melanation this week, I found a really cool company called Omnivore Retreats. I think I'm saying that correctly, not to be confused with Omnivore because that's food related. We ain't talking about that today. But I thought that this was a really cool company because they specialize in retreats for Black women and women of color to take time to get back to themselves. And they have a variety of ways that they do this. So who they are is they are a global wellness platform for Black women and women of color dedicated to living well from the inside out. What they do is they connect you to transformational wellness experiences around the world. We're talking globally on multiple continents. Their mission is to create a space for you to take ownership of the vision you have for your life and provide you with the tools to grow beyond what you've ever imagined. We have a safe and sacred place for Black women to heal, grow, and find support from a grounding community. So what I love about this is in a Black world where, or in a world where Black women have to be on all the 
time, right? All the time. These retreats present a really great opportunity to join fellow Black women in reconnecting and revitalizing and refreshing themselves in order to support a life of freedom, meaning being able to choose if you work or not, if you want to uh, be a parent or not, if you want to be a creative person, if you want to take naps for the entirety of your month or whatever, just having that freedom to choose allows women of color, especially Black women, the opportunity to kind of carve out and cultivate a soft life of their own and whatever that means to them. So this company has these retreats all over the world, Africa, Caribbean, North America, of course, Europe, South and Central America. The founder, Christina M. Rice, says that luxury is is our birthright. And these retreats are full and luxurious experiences that also is not just materialistic luxury, like really nice resorts or beautiful accommodations, which obviously is part of the experience. The luxury of being able to take time for yourself, to be able to eat food that you enjoy, to be able to fellowship with other Black women that are like-minded, that may have the same struggles that you've had or maybe similar experiences or even have the same goals. That's a luxury to be in an environment in a community like that. And they make it very intentional about how they cultivate these retreats and cultivate these experiences. They also have a, a Zen at home category, which has like candles and stuff like that. Things that you like merch that you can actually purchase, which is really nice. They're very beautiful. But from their website, which is omnor.com, that's where you can go to get the full list of all of their retreats that they got going on for 2024. They have um, like a mindful grounding retreat that's in Arizona. If you <clears throat> don't have that passport and you got to stay locally, that might be a place to, you know, think about that, whatever. But going out in the desert where there's not much to distract you and there's just nature is, I think, a beautiful option for being able to take time to meditate, do some yoga, to journal, to write, or even just have great conversations with other like-minded women. They have retreats in Africa under their well-read and well-traveled kind of series of retreats, which are, they tend to be kind of inspired by or connected with stories from Black authors, which I found that to be really cool. When you guys get a chance, check them out. I wanted to give them a shout out because we've talked before on the on the pod how beneficial traveling can be, how good it is just for your human experience to, you know, experience other cultures, but also taking that time to get yourself out of the environment that maybe causes you a lot of stress or causes you a lot of um, anxiety and allows you or forces you to have to be on all the time, removing you from that environment, putting you somewhere else where you have the opportunity to really just be. And that's a start to being able to kind of cultivate that soft life for yourself and what that means for you, your family, your household, or whatever it is that you got going on. Have you guys heard of this company before or kind of seen what their community is all about? I have actually. I can't remember when I heard about this group, but I have heard about Omnor from some time. But I think it's dope. I think it, you know, debunking the stereotype that Black women can be friends with other Black women. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because that is a thing that people say. And I think it's beautiful to be able to fellowship and just find release surrounded by 
other women. I think too many times we are surrounded by the masculine and we even have to show up in our masculine essence. So to be surrounded by femininity is almost grounding to some extent. So I think these retreats are a great idea. I'm looking at these, the ones in Portugal now to see what they what they'll be like. Yeah, I think I feel like I've seen this before and I want to say like a while back, I feel like I actually get emails from them because I'm like, the name is very, very familiar. But um, yeah, I think this is amazing because I feel like, again, entering my definition of soft life is taking the time out to do retreats, taking the time out to actually recover and put more and fill your cup. And I think this is beautiful because <laughs> they have a retreat called the Girlfriend Experience. And I'm not going to lie, my my mind went <laughs> probably the wrong way. <laughs> I was like, curiosity in me was like, what is this? But <laughs> when I clicked on it, <laughs> it was so cool because they the first line is something that I really feel every human being, every woman deserves. And it says there is nothing better than having a tribe of supportive, supportive, loving, tell it like it is girlfriends to do life with. And for me, I feel like this is really great because when we think about it, we're doing retreats, right? We do retreats with what? Our girlfriends, our family, but mainly it's more women, right? Um, unless it's like a couple retreats. But um, I really believe that. And I'm going to change tribe to circle because I know Nay is going to correct me later. <laughs> to have, to experience something so amazing, but not just experience it in a different country. So get your passport game up, right? Um, but to do it with, tell it like it is friends is beautiful. And to have people like that in your life to me is beautiful. But I think this is amazing. And like all the options, first and foremost, kudos to them for already having 2024 already planned out, ready, price breakdown. These are the options. Let's go. Because for me, I'm all about that. Like when we going and then when it's going like, oh, I don't know what we going to do. If I have to plan it, we not going. I don't want to be the planner. You just tell me where we go. I give you the money and let's go. <laughs> That's just me. Um, but I love this because you really are getting a whole entire experience. And I think I said this in another episode, or maybe I told one of y'all personally, when you travel and you travel the first time in what's called luxury traveling, where you stay in those houses where you see like millionaires and stuff stay in, you're not going back. You're not. You're going to do what you need to do to get your life to elevate to that level. Because again, we talked about this in our uh, previous episode of when I went to Miami. I was like, this hotel is fucking amazing. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not standing nothing less, but it's all because you have to actually travel. And the best way to travel is go to these retreats. They're already scheduled for you. They already have everything lined up for you. All you do is got to show up, pay your money, get on the payment plan. There you go. But kudos to this young lady. Kudos to her. I love this one in Portugal. It's literally called the Soft Life Retreat. And it'll be in late September of this year. But this description is like, let me find some coins expeditiously. It says, you've been working tirelessly searching for the elusive workplace balance. Those hashtag soft life Instagram posts make you wonder if it's even possible. Well, here's the truth. Success doesn't require constant struggle. Success does not require constant struggle. Okay. It don't. I mean, if you not ready to go hop on this retreat, I don't know what other explanation it is that you need because it's in Portugal, which has been on my travel list for like the longest, longest time. And now I'm like, 
Okay. September, like six, nine, the eight months away. Okay. Well, let me hit this learn more button and see what this is about because your girl's intrigued. I mean, they got it planned out. We know the price. I mean, if we all three want to do something about it, let us know. So while I continue to figure out how I can get to Portugal in September for this soft life retreat, y'all go to the website and take a look at their story, how they came to be. Just check out the entire website, their merchandise, all that kind of stuff. We'll put the link in the blog as per usual. But for those that have been a wanting to take trips and you don't maybe have a big group of friends to do that with, this is a great option for that. You got a group of girlfriends and y'all want to do a girl's trip. This is a great group for that. You want to do a solo trip that's not quite solo, but that's kind of solo. This is a great option for that. So go online, take take a look at them and go ahead and plan your next trip because it's with these guys, it's going to be life-changing. Thank you, Sunny D, for that um, moment of melanation. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we have enjoyed just kikiing with y'all. But before we go, you know, we end every episode with an affirmation. So Sunny D, what's our affirmation for this week? So I was a low-key thief and I took this right from the Omniwar website. But I think it, it goes into what the entirety of our show is about. And I think it's a beautiful affirmation for you guys to implement for this year. So from the website, it says this year we turn dreams into blueprints. I really do love that um, because honestly, that's what we're doing too. That's exactly what we're doing too. Now I'm about to go in my car and cry. <laughs> but with that, thank you for that affirmation. And y'all can find us every Wednesday on all streaming services. Um, check out the blog where all of naysays and hunty she will give you the tea. And so with that, we want to say thank y'all again. Happy Black History month doom 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 it's black history month black history month doom 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 and with that we want to say thank you and we are over and out bye peace out Thank you.